Good afternoon. I am Keith McBride. I am a rising senior at Winston-Salem State, the greatest HBCU in the country. And I know normally on my podcast, I talk about sports, but today I want to switch it, switch it up. And I'm going to talk about food insecurity in the African-American community during COVID-19. So I know me personally, um, I know my mom, like, before it got really serious here in North Carolina, I know she was stacking up on food and on supplies and stuff like that. And it's lasted us, it's last, it lasted for us about a month or so. Um, I know she loaded up our freeze, freezer, excuse me, with um, chicken, you know, and other things she could cook for dinner in case the governor made it where we couldn't leave the house, you know, and of course we're in a stay at home order now. So I was glad she did that at first. I was, you know, kind of freaking out because, you know, she was buying all this stuff and I never thought we would need this stuff, but I'm glad she did. So, you know, we could have things here at home to eat and we have a whole section downstairs at our house of canned goods and plates, stuff like that, essential items that you would need to survive during this pandemic. But I know um, some people have like abused, like in the beginning they were abusing the um, the essential needs and stuff like that. And they were buying m- more toilet paper than they needed and everybody wasn't able to get some. And I know like at some stores it's hard to find meats and stuff like that. So um, I'm glad that my mom was able to, you know, get her stuff early before the thing, before things got serious here in North Carolina. And, you know, we're not, you know, struggling to find food, but I know so many people in my community are um, struggling right now because one, their kids are going to be at home for the rest of the school year and they didn't, you know, jump on it at the beginning like my mom did. So, you know, they were left with stores with empty shelves, you know, finding it hard to, you know, find food, toilet paper, essential stuff you need to survive during these tough times. And I feel like um, I'm glad this most stores, I think they've implemented a limit of items you can buy. You know, that way a person is not leaving the store with a basket full of water or um basket full of toilet paper you know that way everybody's able to get some and everybody's able to you know hopefully you know not be starving and you know hopefully everybody's like you know has everything they need to survive during these tough times um but i found some interesting numbers that i would like to share with y'all today so first off um african-american households um face hunger at a rate more than twice that of their white and non-Hispanic households, and getting enough to eat is a consistent struggle for one in four African-American children. Also, unemployment and poverty um, affect African-Americans, making combating hunger even harder. So that's basically talking about how, you know, some people, they're not essential workers, and they got laid off from their jobs, unfortunately, and, you know, People are struggling to make ends meet, you know, keeping a roof on their family's head and, you know, finding a way to feed their family, um, 
you know, it's just a hard time for people. And um, I'm not really sure, but I'm I'm hoping unemployment checks are helping people, you know, during these tough times. And I'm hoping that it's enough where they can, you know, buy groceries, keep their family fed every night and stuff like that. Because, you know, unfortunately, everybody is not in the center worker and they can't be working during these unsafe times right now. Um, also, African-American households have significantly lower household incomes than white, non-Hispanic households. African-Americans are twice as more likely to face hunger. So that's that really broke my heart to hear that. Um, and it's just really sad that, you know, most of us live in red line areas and overpopulated um, communities you know, apartments and stuff like that. And, you know, a, a lot of my community is in poverty and below the poverty line, unfortunately. And, you know, they're living in these, you know, apartments and stuff like that. And, and poverty rates in the African-American community, they're more than twice that of the white individuals and nine percent of african americans live in deep poverty less than 50 percent of the federal pop and they are less than 50 percent of the federal poverty threshold excuse me um so i'm glad that we have things like i mean excuse me companies like feeding america network which they help serve nearly one in three african americans in the united states and they say together we're ensuring every family has the opportunity to lift themselves out of poverty and achieve a achieve excuse me a hungry free future. Um, so I'm glad that we have companies like them, um, Second Harvest Food Bank, helping kids during these tough, challenging times and families during these tough times. Um, I know the school system, like when this first started. I know they were deliver, delivering meals twice a day to families. I'm not sure if they're still doing that or not. Um, I hope they are because, you know, um, un, this is sad to say, but some kids, um, the meal that they eat at school, that'd be the only time they eat during the day. And, you know, not having school for the rest of the year. Um, I'm just so concerned and I'm worried about, you know, some kids, if they're starving during the day, um, and I just, I'm really concerned about some of those kids who depended on the school lunches as their only meals. I, I hope the school system is still running those free lunches for them. So and free, I think they get two meals. I think that's what came in that. I'm praying that that is still going on for these kids. So they're, you know, not going hungry during these rough times and not being able to go back to school for the rest of the year. So hopefully that program can runs till the end of the year and yeah um also let me scroll down um i was doing some research and i saw this story about a little girl um she handed her dad her report card and she said um, my grades are now better because i get a breakfast every morning from the food pantry and to be honest that broke my heart um because i feel like kids i feel like if they don't get a good breakfast in the morning they help them you know be energized and you know nourished during before they go to school i don't feel like they can be successful if they're hungry they're starving their stomach is growling 
and that just broke my heart to see that you know her she was struggling in school because you know her grades weren't you know good because she wasn't able to get eat breakfast at home um if i remember correctly i think her dad had been laid off he couldn't work um and that just broke my heart oh yeah here we go um Lamont, his life, so Lamont, her dad, his life took an unexpected turn when an on-job injury left him unemployed, relying on the food pantry to feed his children. So now, the good thing about this, he helps other families get back on their feet as the director of this same food pantry. So that's just an inspiring story right there. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, the food pantry helps him feed his kids because, you know, that's out of his control, um, him having a um, work injury that left him, you know, unable to work. So uh, I'm glad the food pantry helped him and his kids, especially his daughter. Um, now that she has the food pantry, um, her grades are better now. And yeah, I'm just, that was just, I was so glad to hear that. Um, interesting enough, um, I thought this was interesting, but I'm not surprised. The 10 counties with the highest food insecurity rates in the nation are at least 60% African-American, and seven of those 10 counties are in Mississippi. I remember um, back in high school, I think it was high school, yeah, high school, um, where we watched um, about how in Mississippi, some parts of Mississippi, they have... Um, in some parts of Mississippi, they don't have grocery stores and stuff like that, where families can get fresh produce and fresh items for their kids to have healthy meals at, at the end of the day. So they just have to use what they have in their towns or whatever. And I think that's why Mississippi has a lot of obesity rates and stuff like that, because these families are just doing the best they can because, um, it's, it's not like some walmart and stuff like that where they can you know get fresh veggies for their kids and stuff like that so they're not feeding them the healthiest items and um i just i think about them now you know going through this coronavirus um and you know families parents are just feeding their kids whatever they can you know just to you know make sure they're not going hungry so it may not be the healthiest thing in the world but at least they're eating something um so, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about those kids in Mississippi, um, especially in the African-American, heavy African-American communities where, you know, like I said, they're food, they're in food they're deserts, excuse me. And, you know, it's just hard on them because, you know, they don't really they have like convenience stores and stuff like that where you get junky food, stuff like that. And that's not healthy for kids and parents. They just have to, you know, do the best they can keep food on the table and you know just make sure their kids aren't going hungry like i said so yeah so I, I i read another story it was in the chicago tribune um and it was talking about how this um lady who was an elder patient at this um nursing home i think it was and you know she was saying how she couldn't go get her groceries now um and so, excuse me, basically it was saying how the COVID-19 policy of shelter in place left her unable to shop for simple groceries as she was, you know, used to doing. And now her cover boards were 
entirely bare and uh, that was heartbreaking to read that and and I know in the article it was talking about how the social workers they were trying to find her you know food assistance um for the weekend you know until they can help her apply for some uh programs that you know help feed the elder and uh that story was just sad um she wasn't able to you know apply for any programs until the following week and you know they were trying to find her some stuff for the weekend and so i don't know i don't think the article said whether or not she was able to get um food that weekend but i can only pray that she did um because you know um, she wasn't very mobile you know she was an older lady and unfortunately you know because of i guess in chicago the restrictions are a little stricter stricter than they are here so she wasn't able to go to the grocery store and pick up some things that she needed so i i just pray that they were able to find her something to eat um that weekend and that way she stayed hungry i mean health stayed healthy and you know was well taken care of during that weekend and I hope she was able to qualify for some of the programs that they have in Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, um, black people in Chicago are dying at nearly six times the rate of their white residents. And that broke my heart. Um, and I think it was it was last night I saw a video where a whole bunch of African-Americans were, you know, collected together at a party um and it's just like they're not taking it seriously and i hate to see um african americans um dying at this rate um that they are in chicago and the article was saying that um chronic hunger and food insecurities are associated with worse out worse outcomes for chronic conditions like diabetes and hypertension which hypertension is basically like high blood pressure. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the Mississippi, the kids in Mississippi who are in the heavy black areas who are in the food deserts. And, you know, they don't have the healthiest options. They just eat what they can find. So it may not be the healthiest thing. And it may be something that is high in salt or something like that. And that can lead to high blood pressure, being overweight, things like that. So, so African-Americans, they're just trying to do the best they can during these rough times and trying to, you know, just keep food on the table and, you know, just make sure that they're feeding their families, taking care of themselves during this um, pandemic. And, you know, it may not be the healthiest thing, but, you know, just, just eat something, you know, just to stay strong during these tough times. So Chicago, I would. This is one of the worst areas I've seen um, that black people are dying at 68. So black people are 68% of the city's deaths. Um, and African-Americans, they make up 30% of Chicago's total population. Um, and I, this is according to the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. So... Um, to wrap this up, I just want to say I hope everybody's staying safe out there. Hope everybody is taking care of themselves at home. Hopefully everybody is staying home. Um, I think this is almost over. Um, and if you need 
like help feeding your family. I am sure that it is plenty of sources in our community that you can go to to get help. And don't don't be shy about getting help. Um, if your family needs help, the Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, I'm pretty sure some food pantries open during this um, during these tough times. So. You know, just ask around, see what you can find out and just make sure you're taking care of your families and making sure your kids are, you know, being, you know, nourished and eating during these tough times. And yeah, just don't be afraid to use your resources that you have in your community and just make sure you're staying safe, washing your hands, uh, not being in crowds. And yes, just just stay strong. This is almost over. I think we're close to hitting our peak and thank you for tuning in to my podcast.